totally cleared the air and it was amazing. And so like valid, great, great advice because I did it. That proves it. (laughs) It has been, it has been proven. It worked. Take that to heart. Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, buongiorno from Italy, again. F off. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) No. Um, I'm really just fucking jealous. Um, No, I'm so happy for you and your family. It looks like you're having a beautiful time. Um, I mean. We, We are. I can't. But anyway. We are having a wonderful time. But I will. The patrons. I have to talk loud. <laughs> Did you just get some feedback? Yeah, I got feedback. I'm talking too loud. I have to. All right. I'll try to keep it down. Uh, which I'll tell you a funny story about that. I'm going to talk about my Italy trip. <laughs> um, we're in a really small hotel room. Oh. Um, oh, the patrons know this already, but I am allergic to Italy. Yeah. Um, one of the patrons made a really good suggestion actually that she thinks it's cottonwood and I've since looked that up and apparently there is a lot of cottonwood here. And so I think that's what it is. Ah, very good hypothesis. Yeah, um, it's like floating through the air and I'm, so I'm going to be probably clearing my throat a lot in this episode. I have largely recovered, so I will not be. Mm. Yes, your voice, your voice sounds fully back from karaoke. Yeah. Um, but I, so in addition to, um, my allergies just being like completely fucking haywire here, I also am devastated because I did not bring any of my Sunset Lake products with me. And so I have not felt like I've been sleeping as well. Okay. I have a funny story about Sunset Lake CBD. Uh, Amazing. This was not actually gifted to me. This was purchased. Somebody bought you Sunset Lake CBD? No, 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 no. This was purchased oh. by a friend who listens to the pod. Oh, oh. They make a pet CBD. <gasps> I don't know if they you knew that. You? Yes. I didn't know that. And so we put it, my friend's cat needs to chill the fuck out. And so we are trying to get it to, and like, I've said this before that like my friend Mary is a um, supplements buyer. She has given, she gives away like a lot of free samples and this cat will not consume any of them. Like we've tried so hard to hide it in his food, like all this shit. And finally it will take the drops. That's amazing. Wait, one of my cats needs to chill the fuck out. Then I think you should try it. I'm going to try it. I want to try this. I had no idea that I should have known that, but I did not. Um... That's amazing. My So I have this Google sheet of all the stuff that I pack with me on every trip. That's the one thing organized that I do about my packing. It's not clothes. It's like all my toiletries, like, you know, you need to bring a hairdryer, you need to bring an adapter, you need to bring like all of the stuff that I need to bring. And the last time I used it was before I was introduced to Sunset Lake CBD. And that was before I was using any CBD products at all. So it is not on my packing list and thus did not make it into my suitcase and so we don't have them here. And so we go home tomorrow and I'm excited to start using my drops again. Yeah. Fuck Italy. Yes, CBD. <laughs> yes, 
basically that's the that's the that's the end of it. I know. Um, and, then we, um, and then once we visit their hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont, we can do a direct comparison. Like, which is more glam and beautiful? Which is better? Honestly, I've heard Vermont is beautiful. So oh, it could be. We need to go I, during the fall. I would like to do a foliage tour. Oh, that would be lovely. And I bet you I won't be sneezing my ass off. True. At Sunset Lake. Um, so, yes, they are located outside of Burlington, Vermont. Everything that they do is very like farm to table, artisanal, like it's all, it's all those like good buzzwords, organic. And not only is it grown with that level of high quality, it is also all third party tested for quality assurance and shipped directly from their farm to your door. So there's not only quality coming from them, other people are testing the quality. It's verified quality. So if you want to check them out, you can go to sunsetlakecb.com, use our coupon code FMH20 to get 20% off all of their products. Sunset Lake CBD, it's farmer owned, it's Vermont grown. FMH20 is going to get you 20% off and also help support us. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Okay. So I have a broad variety of updates. Oh, great. I'm here for them. I have like a life update, a boy update. I'm not even calling it a dating update because it's just like a funny story. And then okay. um, two phone throwing moments. Wow. All right. I'm excited. So life, I didn't tell you this. Um, I got a new apartment. Fuck. Amazing. Congrats. Yeah. So I'll send you pictures later. But anyway. Yes, please. Um, um, high, tell me high level. Give me the- I'm moving- Hit me with the highlights. Six blocks from where I currently live. amazing and it's so cute it's lovely it's a two-bedroom it's so much it's like a huge upgrade space wise and i'm very excited because i basically like i live in my like the hybrid workplace is not great for my mental health frankly and so i'm very excited to um have separate space um anyway it'll be incredible i'm so pumped for you when do you move um i'm paying to overlap them by a little bit yeah Smart. And so I'm going to move in mid-June. Incredible. Yeah, I've done that the last two times I've moved, and it is amazing to have that yeah. time. I've talked about this on the Patreon already. I was just at a like work retreat for the weekend, and yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it was super fun. It was a great experience. And people write in a fair amount and ask us, I think, to talk about kind of work stuff sometimes and kind of being like being a woman in the workplace, things like that. And so I just wanted to talk about my experience a little bit in that I, there's something that I like vowed to my, so the days are all panels and then um, there's, you know, mix and mingle lunches, 
cocktail stuff, dinners, whatever. And all kind of the things that you'd expect. And I made it, I personally promised myself I was going to do everything and get into it. And I'm very glad I did. A lot of people skipped some panels because they wanted to nap or whatever. And I just decided that, you know, maybe somebody's going to speak and it's somebody that really connects with work I want to do in some way. And so one day that is the door to me emailing them and saying, Hey, thank you so much for coming to this retreat. Your panel was incredibly interesting. Sounds like the work you do is X. Next time you need a junior associate on one of your projects, think of me. You know? Absolutely. And then I also promised myself, I, um, I mean, I was was about to say, I do small projects for these people. I do small projects for everybody. I, my, my job is meaningless, but, um, I like our, I have, um, I have some, I work on some teams in our like DC and New York offices and they will often use me because I'm three hours behind to file some of their stuff so that like they can go to bed basically one of them is for a very high up person and I just, and so I will email, I'll always email him at night and say like, Hey, so-and-so like here's the on file version, like have a great night, you know, whatever. Yeah. The case that I'm on for him has had like a lot of very, very strange filing snafus. And so I just told, I was like, I'm just going to introduce myself. And yeah, so I, said, I like on, the, we had like this dinner on the beach one night that was really fun. And lovely. Um, yeah, it was great. And I was like, Hi, like I'm Rourke. I'm the California California junior who's been doing all the filings in this matter. And he's like, Oh my god, like those have been so deranged. Like, thank you. He did not say deranged. That's that's me. Um he was like, Those have been so wild, like, thank you. We're so grateful. And I was like, Well, thank you for putting this on. Like, we really appreciate it. It's so nice to all be together. And it was just, you know, a nice interaction. And you know, yeah. am I is he going to remember me forever? Probably not. But I really think you have to put yourself out there in situations like that. I really believe men would. I I don't think they have any qualms introducing themselves and um, or saying I did X for you. You should know me. And so, you know, I just, I, I just decided that if I'm going to be at this event, I need to do the stuff that is going to like, if I am viewing this as something that is good for my career, I need to make it good for my career. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're like your own best advocate and also like should be your own best advocate. Nobody is going to care about your career as much as you do and they shouldn't. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. Uh, I'm so glad it was, uh, felt successful. Yeah. But so the reason I also needed to like share where where I was is because this pretty much like scaffolds every other story. So I was like basically also treating this as a singles mixer. (laughs) I had noticed. So there were the many cute guys. Let's let's call that what it is. But uh, there was one guy where I was like, found it. Found the target. Great. When, when did you discover said target? Friday night. Okay. We ended up interact. So I got my first, like, I, I slipped my first interaction in seamlessly. Good job. A guy from my, this guy does not work in my office. But a guy know, from my at this point at this point do you know like where he lives or you we know nothing about him I know nothing about him I just know that he's definitely not in my office got it there is a guy from my office walking with three other men coming towards me I was getting a glass of wine at the bar mm-hmm. I take the opportunity to be like George why are you defecting from the LA office 
<laughs> and this guy says, oh, we're like trying to get him to join the London office. And I look at his name tag and I go, that is not the office that you work in. <laughs> he and I end up chatting. Everybody else mm-hmm. falls away. I always like to give an out to kind of test interest a little bit. So I was like, oh, go back to your friends. Like, I didn't mean to keep you. And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, I, I want to talk. Like, let's keep chatting. So like, okay. Yeah. He's doing a lot of so he, things. Oh, go ahead. So he's American. He's not He's not British. Correct. He's not British. I got extra excited for a moment. I know. I know. I know. They were um, – <laughs> yes, this man's American, sadly. He is doing a lot of the things of like grabbing like my arm a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. all that shit, okay? And yep. then one – All the signs are there. I'm going to give him a literal fake name just to illustrate a point. We're going to call sure. him Christopher, okay? Okay. And so his – we had to wear name tags with our names in our offices. Yeah. So I said, do you go by Christopher or Chris? Mm-hmm. I like just – he goes – he said, my friends call me Chris, but I always like to start with Christopher because it's like a little too familiar if somebody immediately calls me Chris. Okay. And his name is longer and more formal and then the shorter is more casual. I like, assumed. It's a more yeah, extreme version of that, but anyway. Yeah. So I said, okay, cool. I'll call you Christopher then. And he goes, oh, no, I think we're there. Like, you can oh, call me Chris. Oh, we're Chris. And so I'm like, okay, I'm picking up all the signs, whatever. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back to my table. Great to see you. And then there's always like a after dinner kind of like drinks. Yeah. Hang. And he was like, I'll be there later. I was like, okay, cool. I'll see you there. He seeks me. I, I've moved on. I'm bouncing around. I'm having a great time. I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not from him. He's very cute. But um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm running around with my friends. He seeks me, he finds me, he seeks me out, he challenges me to a game of foosball, we're like placing bets, like being, following me around all night. I like clarified this with people where I'm like, I am not deranged. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds like a very classic, like meet cute flirting situation. Yeah. So anyway, it's getting later and later, we're talking. I like where this is going. And I finally say to him, like, what's going on here? Like, is this like, is this a flirty vibe? And he goes, oh, no, it's not you. I have a girlfriend. What the fuck, Christopher? Uh, Seriously. I was like. And I will use his formal name because I'm upset. Like, what? That that really upsets me. Yeah. I think there are like a few levels of why that upsets me. Because I think there's no way. My like initial, there's not no way that he didn't realize. But my initial gut is like, oh, he was having fun doing this, like having this kind of interaction with someone and having like a person, quote unquote, at this event in like a super safe way because the whole time, I'm assuming that he was never intending on doing anything. 100%. 100% agree. Yeah. So I think for, it sounds like it was a like safe, fun thing for him to be doing at your fucking expense. Right. Because then I felt dumb as fuck. Yes. Yeah, and, and you shouldn't like it's not so. on no. you. I, it became a running I, I joke would, where I was I kept saying to my friends like, "Remember when I was like flat out rejected last night?" I mean, yeah, but like that. It just, oh, I hate that. I've been there. I hate that feeling of being like. I, it's also crappy to your friend. A hundred percent. To like think about the fact that like your boyfriend is out there making other people think that they could get with him. Yeah, 
What's also wild is like I have his fucking phone number. I have all I have everyone's phone number in here. Oh, that's hysterical, Christopher. I want to show it you. Our our contacts auto populate with like our firm photos, and so I want to show. Oh, show you me his picture. Guy. Oh, here he is. Wait, if I click on his, it's not going to call, right? Oh, thank God. Fuck. Um. Yeah, it has both his cell and his personal uh, and his work phone loaded into this. That's fucking. Insane. Would you call his office? Yeah. Imagine no, if we cold called his office. Can you can you see that he did not have all that facial hair? I can't. It's too blurry. But you can see his longer name. I can see his longer name. I understand what he you means. You see why yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, that's annoying. Yes. And like I said, I confirmed with like my girlfriends. I was like, I'm not being a complete delusional person about like this man was flirting with me. Yeah. And they confirmed. At what, what did you like? How did you react to him in that moment? I think I literally said, okay, good night. Mm. a true farewell sir did you see him after that because you were there the whole next day of course i saw him after that (laughs) and and that's and like on saturday i i I did not hide from him i did not i very much held my head high who cares you did nothing wrong yeah and so we actually talked a few times on saturday night um because karaoke competition we were robbed finished in third total bullshit so i know tragic he was talking to me afterwards and um, also like before, during dinner and whatnot. So yeah. anyway, but quick phone throwing, that's the tie into the karaoke. All like the, we get back all the part, like the partners are asking us, like, we heard like you got robbed, like tell us all about it, you know, da, 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 da. And this of counsel that I'm on a matter with, um, he wanted to see the performance uh-huh. and I was like, oh, I have it on my phone. Like, I can show you – we were this over internal chat. I was like, oh, I have it. Like, I can show you next time you're in the office. Yeah. And he goes, oh, just, like, text it to me. I was like, great, great, great. He gives me his phone number. I text him. And, like, it's – you know, like, I type in the number, the blue, like, iPhone, whatever populates, I send. Yep. And he doesn't, like, respond. He doesn't really respond or anything. I, I, I'm not concerned about that. And then sure. he jabbers me and goes, it's taking a while do you have an iPhone? I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's why I have an Android. Uh oh. And so I'm like, hey, hold, what? I sent a stranger our karaoke video. Just a full ass, <laughs> like, into the, I have no clue who this went to. They never told did me. They you, never did you, did you type the number wrong or did he type the number wrong? I typed the number wrong. Ah. Yep. That's hysterical. I would love to get a karaoke performance of a stranger. Oh, I'm sure you would. That'd be like quite I a I feel like that might be. I was about to say, maybe that's how I'm going to meet my husband. He sends me his karaoke performance. Yeah. My friend met a guy in a bar because he airdropped a photo to her on like a Jenga dare. Love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway. So that's it. Um, Well, that's a lot. I, you know, karaoke, Christopher. Yeah. Um, And lots of dogs is now in Asia correct yes yeah he's been texting me he's texted me not every day but photos whatnot from the trip okay um, and how how are you feeling about that I, I i need to i will deal with it when he gets back to the states yeah I and two weeks is that right yeah yeah okay you don't feel positively okay yeah i don't Ugh. well future work problem indeed indeed now, for now, I just have to respond to photos of Singapore. <laughs> Tough life. Tough okay. life you live. Um, um, 
Italy. <clears throat> yes. I'm in Italy. Um, it is our last day here, actually. Um, so I've been here for almost two weeks. So okay, I flew it's in long. Seriously. And it only was one pod recording because um, – oh, Siri thought I was talking to her when I said seriously. Nope, not talking to you. Um, so I flew in last Monday and now it is now Thursday, Italy time. It's late your time, early my – late Wednesday your time, early Thursday my time. Um, so I've been here for that long. Um, it has been incredible. We started off um, at a wedding in Siena or right outside Siena that was absolutely beautiful, so magical. Um, listen to the Patreon if you want to hear a little bit more about the wedding. Um, and then we went from there to Florence for the weekend. And then we went down to the Amalfi Coast. We were staying in Sorrento and we did a couple day trips. We took a boat trip to Capri. We took, um, my mom and I, then my brother left, he went to meet some friends and my mom and I went to, um, Positano and Amalfi. And then yesterday we drove back up to Rome and we did Pompeii on the way. And now we're in Rome. Busy, busy schedule. My God. Yeah. We were just saying yesterday that we have not relaxed like yeah. at all this trip. Um, but it hasn't, fe- that hasn't felt like the vibe. Like I don't want to relax. I want to see stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, but it's been incredible. I've done some amazing shopping. I got custom made shoes in Capri. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I was uh, like really excited about them. We kind of like stumbled on this shoe store. Um, and I got a hat in Positano, which felt very Amalfi Coast of me. Very. Um, it's like hat the person. Aperol, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, that style of poster. Yes, exactly. It is. And it's that kind of hat. Um, and so now we're in Rome. And so today we're doing a scooter tour of Rome, like a Vespa tour. Yep. Be um, careful. So we get it. Oh, well, we're not driving the Vespas. Oh, thank God. Yeah. No, no, no. They don't let you drive them if you don't have Vespa experience, which makes total sense. And we do not. Yeah. Um, so we'll be either on the back of Vespas or possibly in a sidecar, which could be kind of fun. That is, you cannot fit in a sidecar. That's you what are we much said. too tall. Who we fit? Who we fit? No way. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. They're picking us up in our hotel in a little bit. Um, and then we're going to do the Sistine Chapel later today and some shopping. Great. And then we go home tomorrow. All the hits. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I've been here for a while and I originally, so I was talking to, I, I said this on the Patreon that I had been texting with both the Disco Ball and the Comeback Kid while I'm here. And the comeback kid, I was really like initiating most of it. Mm-hmm. And he had texted me after our date um, saying that he had a great time, have so much fun in Italy. We had like gone back and forth a little bit. That was like last weekend or two weekends ago now. Um, I really wanted, especially if he listens to the pod, I don't think he does. Or if he's like seen my social media, I really wanted to reiterate with him that like, I like you. I want to keep seeing you like in, just in case he had seen the video of, that I went to DC to visit someone else. Yeah. So who I also really like, obviously. Um, so I had been kind of like initiating, you know, Hey, here's a picture of me in Italy or like, here's a thing I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. And he was, he responded enthusiastically every time, um, but wasn't like quite initiating. So I was mm. like, okay, like, I think I, I think I did my part of this. You're making yourself. Um, yeah. 
yes. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to text him when I get back and I want to see him when I get back, but, you know, maybe I'll kind of let this lie. And then he ended up texting me yesterday, two oh, days ago, great. Um, and kind of checking in. And then we had a whole conversation. So that was great. So I think I'm going to, I go, so I fly home tomorrow, which is Friday. And then I have the weekend and then I fly to Orlando for volleyball nationals on Wednesday. And then I'm in Orlando Wednesday to Monday, Memorial Day weekend. Um, which makes me, which made me realize too, I think it's like a year ago, we're like coming up on a year from my, from my visit. We are. Yeah. Cause you visited right before, right after. It was before Memorial before Memorial Day, the weekend before Memorial Day. Yeah. So like this weekend is a year from your visit. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So that, and that I need to get some sleep before then, because that is like a wild trip. No sleep. It's like, we've like joked that it's like that TikTok sound of like bus, bus, plane, another bus, train. Like that's like how club, nationals is. Club. Um, yes, basically. Yeah. Club, club. Exactly. But it's basically like gym, bar, pool, gym, Another bar, another bar, another pool, nice. another gym. Like, that's basically what it is. Anyway, um, so I want to see him this weekend. And so I think I'm going to text him maybe today um, and, like, ask what he's up to for the weekend because he doesn't know when I'm coming back. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So, like, I think I actually – I think he actually might think I'm basically going straight to Orlando. I don't know if he knows – I don't think he knows I have any time in New York. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure he'd enjoy that being clarified. Yes. So I will do that. Um, and then – I had kind of a weird dream about him last night, actually. Oh, I'll, t- I'll talk about weird. it on the Patreon. I wrote it down okay. on the Patreon. Um, I'm going to actually write it down in my updates notes right now. Um, comeback kid dream. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird, but whatever. And then the disco ball and I have been keeping in good touch. Um, I woke up this morning to a photo dump of the last few days for him. So we haven't, like you kind of like you said, we haven't been talking every day, um, but like, I'll send him a picture. He'll send one back. You know, he'll, he'll, you know, say whatever, how things going. Um, and so this morning I woke up to like, where in the world are you? Here's a photo dump from my week. Um, with a bunch of like very cute pictures of him and his family and his dog and some stuff. So, Oh, that's awesome. Really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and per usual, I woke up and saw it and had this like just big ass grin on my face. So, yeah. Precious. Yes. Um, and hilariously, um, listeners and followers have started sending me anytime they encounter a disco ball. I think that's really cute. It's hysterical. I've been screenshotting all of them and putting into putting them into a disco ball folder just like for potential future use. If this if this ha- ends up having legs, I think that will be really cute. Yeah. Um, so, yes, please continue to do this, people. I really like it. <laughs> I think regardless of how it works, we should do like a disco ball sweatshirt. I think that'd be really cute. I think so too. I think so too. It's very um, aesthetic. <laughs> yes. Very, yeah. Very aesthetic and also just has become a symbol. Like it's, yeah, it has, especially with the emoji release, it has taken on a life of its own. Yeah. So well, he actually asked me when I was down there last weekend, like knowing everything you know now, what would my nickname be? Because I gave him the nickname when I barely knew him at all. Right. So he was like, knowing everything you know now, what would my nickname be? I was like, and I couldn't think of one. I just like the disco ball so much and it's become like so much, it's like such the symbol for him now. Yeah. And I, I actually just, think it weirdly works. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. So the like, I mean, he is the person that I would like want to be dancing under a disco ball with, like in terms of his personality and like all exactly. that stuff. And we fucking did. Yeah. So I have a disco ball story that I'll save for Patreon. <laughs> Amazing. Love that. 
Um, yeah, so that's how things are going with that. And uh, um, I do have, before we get into our weird or not, our topic talk, I do have one callback question um, that we got from a listener about last week's episode with Matt. Oh, great. So she was talking about Matt's strong disapproval of the word adventures in a woman's profile. And so she said, this is what she said. She said, I was curious what y'all thought of his reasoning. I have adventures in my profile because I genuinely enjoy trying new things, taking the path less taken, finding hidden gems, et cetera, but definitely would not expect a man to be the one, quote unquote, taking me on adventures. I take myself on adventures. I solo travel to the Maldives and Sri Lanka, frequently take many adventures, blah, blah, blah. It was an interesting and unexpected POV on women, including that term in their dating app profile. I had no idea that men might take that as pressure or an expectation that women had for men. What do you and Rourke think of that reasoning? I think that this might tie into what we were talking about with him about how men have this mantle of, it's like what we were saying about the ultimatum where they need to be financially stable before they can do X Mm. or they need to be, they need to have their shit together or be at a certain place in their career. And women, I think often view that as an excuse which it might be, but I think that there is reality to that pressure. And so I can totally see men seeing it through that lens of, uh uh-oh, like there's this thing she really likes to do. I really hope I can support her doing that financially, like all of it, you know? And so I can definitely, I didn't read it as like a, Oh, she's going to be so annoying demanding that she that I take her places. It's more like, "Oh, I I I want to provide. Like I hope I can provide this like she clearly expects me to provide this thing. I don't I don't know if I'm capable." Yeah, well, the other thing I think that Matt was saying too, I totally agree with that. And the other thing I think he was saying was that or backing up. I think something that comes in here is that we read implications into things based on the way that those things have played out for us in the past. Yeah. So I think something that could be, we didn't get into that with Matt, but something that could be at play here is he could have experiences with women where they say they like to do things and they expected him to come up with those things. Totally. Because one of the other things he was saying was that it wasn't even just the financial part. It was like they expected him to plan and execute all of these amazing adventures. Right, right, right. right. And it yeah. sounded to me at the time, we didn't have time to get into it, but it sounded to me at the time that like that came from an actual experience that he had. Totally. Kind of like a weird thing to just assume otherwise. Yeah, very and specific. So, yeah, like really specific. And so, but I think we do that all the time. Like we see, and I see this all the time when I do um, dating app, the like swipe with me program that I do where I swipe with people. I see this all the time where they will read something on someone's profile and say, oh, well, that means this. And Mm -hmm. I always ask, why do you think that? And the reason is because it has meant that for someone else that they encountered. Okay. Show that we both love Temptation Island. Yes. I was listening to a podcast interview with the host, Mark Wahlberg, and he said that his go-to opening question is, what did you see? Rather mm-hmm. than allowing himself to react to what he feels like just played out, he always asks them. I'm not setting this up well. The The couples have to watch these videos of the other partner yeah. doing usually doing something inappropriate with 
somebody of the opposite gender. And so, um, and sometimes it's like emotional, sometimes it's physical. And so he'll all like the host will often start by saying, what did you see? And I have noticed that he starts like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And then he will often, when the person says what they saw, he will often be like, really? Because I saw this. Yeah. And like try to point out to them that, you know, their perception is not necessarily reality. Mm -hmm. All that to say, circling back to this listener's question, that I think adventures is one of those words that is so broad, it means something different to everyone. So like, even if you are not expecting the other person to plan these adventures for you, just the word adventures. Like she said that she traveled by herself to the Maldives and Sri Lanka. Just put that. that. Is a, put that. Yeah. Like that is a very high level of adventure. Yeah. On the on a regular, you know, on a normal scale, there are other people who might think that an adventure, and this would be totally valid for them, just to be clear, that might think that an adventure is like getting out of the city and going on a hike. Yeah. And that's totally valid too. Put that. Yeah. My version of adventure is just like thing. eating new food. Like Yeah, which again, totally valid. Put the specific thing. Don't use the general word. Yeah. So and I think that applies to like anything, not just adventure. It's like that doesn't help me. I need to ha- I need to know a specific thing. Totally. Very well said. Listen up guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Law for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt, I want to come with my sister, I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhite.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So anywho, long topic, to, a long, long update section this week, but I think yeah. good. Yeah. Um, transitioning into our topic talk because our weird or not is topic related. We are talking about conflict and arguments in relationships and romantic and otherwise. I'm excited for this because you and I have talked about before privately how we have sort of pretty different relationships to anger Mm -hmm. in terms of how in tune we are with ourselves and expressing anger. And so I'm new. I'm excited for this. Yes, me too. Um, And so we'll start with our weird or not. And our weird or not is they are willing to go to bed angry. Um, This one almost dovetails with the myths, huh? Because it does because the the myth buster is you should never go to, like never go to bed angry being the myth buster. Right. Yeah. You're Uh, totally right. Busted. 
Go to bed angry. Go, yeah, do it. Definitely please go do. to bed angry. Please uh, go to bed angry. Yeah. I mean. Because I guarantee you, you will feel better when you wake up. It will not help to grind that stone into a paste. <laughs> do, no. do not do that. Anyway. So I don't think this is weird. I'm very comfortable doing this. Um, But then with the factor of the myth. I'm not, I'm I'm say, not comfortable doing this, but I, I, I know that I should. And I also don't think it's weird. I'm going to say 60 weird, 40 not weird. 40 not. 60 weird? Yeah. Oh, you think people – you don't think it's weird, but you think people do. Yeah. Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Um, No, people agree with you. Oh, good. Oh, love yeah. That. It was only 23% weird. Great. And 77% not. Nah. Good conflict management, people. Yeah. And most people in the not nah camp said things along the lines of what we just did, like – sleep helps you know it's a good reset doesn't help to continue to talk about something ad nauseum when you're still in that you know flooded place we'll talk about flooding later um you know all of that kind of thing um and then most of the people who said weird are in the you know more quote-unquote traditional camp of you know don't like let something fester basically um but personally i think it's not festering when you're sleeping it's just potentially being helped Agreed. And I don't think, I think if you're at the point of having an argument that has either lasted until bedtime or that's no longer an issue of festering to me. Festering is something that something happened and you're trying to decide if you bring it up at all. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. It's. It's like also what what if you what if you got into an argument like right before bed? Now you're like shit. Now I need to now we need to stay up and deal with this. Like it's yeah, not necessarily not. a festered thing. So I was happy that the listeners um, were on the same page there. So maybe a good place to start is to talk about what you said our our different kind of relationships with anger and and what that's looked like for us. Yeah. In the past, and then we can get into questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually talked. I've one of my therapy goals when I started therapy about two, maybe two years ago now, mm-hmm. was to get more in touch with anger. And I don't know that we've exactly figured out. I mean, as with anything, you know, it all goes back to childhood. But um, <laughs> my mom's gonna love this one. Um, well, my mom is sitting next to me, so oh, true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that – what was I going to say? Shit. Oh, I think part of the reason that I never developed a healthy relationship to anger is in part because of being an only child. Mm. And I very rarely had to navigate what it's like to – love or like somebody and also be angry with them. I would obviously get frustrated. I would be upset with my parents for, you know, setting a limit somewhere where I didn't want it, whatever. But Mm -hmm. there was always a explicit power dynamic of you listen to mom and dad and you can, you know, rattle the cage of what that means to be a child and a family. But I I was never confronting a peer 
with anger mm. and saying, you hurt me. You know, we are equals and you did this thing to me. Yeah. And I, and that's why I think I, I had a, I had a couple really rough friend situations in college uh-huh. that I had a very difficult time extricating myself from because I was so poor at being willing to deal with conflict and express boundaries or displeasure about something. Um, yeah. And so it really took college for me to learn. That's not true. It did not take college. It's taken actually until I was 32 to <laughs> learn how to navigate these types of conversations. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have always been quick to anger. I'm still quick to anger. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm in quite good touch with my, with anger. <laughs> like my therapist would laugh if I was like, yeah, somebody else said that they were going to therapy to get more in touch with their anger. She'd be like, oh, we don't want to do that here. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't do that here, Allie. <laughs> we don't do, we don't do that here. Um, but I, I think, and that's not entirely true, right? Because I think yeah. I, I think being not necessarily quick to anger, but being very in touch with the fact that I'm feeling angry is that in and of itself is not the bad thing that I, not bad, but not the, that is not the thing that I work on. The thing that I work on is I am feeling this anger. Now what? Mm. It's not to not feel the anger. Right. Totally. I'm not going to change that about myself. And I don't necessarily want to, but it's more like, how do I, how do I then navigate it to maybe not feel as much anger when this thing happens the next time? Yeah. Because I don't want that thing to anger me and I need to figure out why it is. Or, okay, I have been angered by someone or by something. Now what am I – how am I going to react to that in a healthier way? Yeah. Which is something that I certainly did not do as a kid. I mean, what what kid reacts to anger in a super healthy way? But like, you know, that was I was the temper tantrum kid. Yeah. And, you know, and through – preteen it got better when i was a teenager um but i think from like a acting out my anger perspective but that is something something that i really worked on is feeling i feel flooded by emotion really easily mm-hmm. and that's a term that i learned through therapy and also funnily enough I got a – so I subscribed to um, the Gottman Institute's newsletter. We've oh, talked yeah, about the Gottmans before. They're yeah. incredible. They happened to send an, an email newsletter about conflict this week. Whoa. Very tiny. Yeah. The title of the Gottman's newsletter this week was Self-Soothing Tips for High-Conflict Couples. There you go. And I got that. and was like, how – Gottman's, I know you're smart, but how did you know that? <laughs> um, And so – I, w- I was reading it and I was, you know, kind of like reading what they were, you know, talking about in, in terms of flooding. And that's something that I often feel, which is where you are overwhelmed by an emotion or by a feeling and you're therefore and often anger and you're therefore really unable to process what's being said, unable to like actually listen to somebody and you're just so overwhelmed with anger. And I've talked about this on the pod before, where like I feel this like intense feeling of overwhelming anger. Or that I have. It doesn't happen. So fascinating to me. Like, it doesn't happen to me as much anymore. So differently. Like I remember like, because you know, I'll recount stories about PowerPoint. She's like, and how did you feel in that moment when he said that to you? Yeah. 
and sort of like take everything in and like I don't I, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm just like, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. I so let me read I emotional I'm gonna read the, the quick definition of they have okay. when of, of emotional flooding. They call it a riptide. And when I first read this and my um my therapist actually sent me the Gottman's article on flooding because she's like, This is you. It's they said, when caught in one of these riptides, you may have the physical sensation of something taking hold of your body. Your muscles clench, your temperature skyrockets, your stomach turns. With a mind in overdrive, you're deaf to anything your partner says. Sometimes when you're all caught up, your thought process is not sound. However, that is not likely to dampen your urge to fight or flight. Wow. So it's a sensation of feeling psychologically and physically overwhelmed during conflict, making it virtually impossible to have a productive problem-solving discussion. It's one of the reasons why I know that I need to go to bed angry. That makes total sense. Because then it can bring your nervous system back down. Yes. Because when I am flooded and when people are flooded, it is impossible to have a productive conversation. Um, and so that that so that's my relationship with anger. When I when I get angry or or upset, I get so overwhelmed by that emotion. That it just it just takes over my whole nervous system. What something you said reminded me of something. A friend of mine just recommended a book um, called Nonviolent Communication. Oh, and it has great. Re- a friend of hers who who's in a relationship read mm-hmm. it, recommended it, and so she got it, and she says it's very good. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. check that out. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I've noticed that. And I've gotten a lot better at it. I am not as good at it when I am very stressed or when I am very tired. Also makes sense. Yeah. Like I, there was a there was a night actually here in Italy where I got – for some reason I just couldn't fall asleep. I got like two and a half, three hours of sleep. I was so tired. I was basically a zombie. And so, uh, my brother and I got into like a little tiff. And I got so emotionally flooded I started sobbing at oh, the breakfast no. table. Oh, Yeah. And I almost left because I just – I was like I'm so flooded I'm going to like – fucking freak out right now and there were a lot of yeah. people around um but i figured it out we talked about it later but um yeah it still it still happens but it doesn't it doesn't typically happen to that extent anymore but i was extremely tired so my yeah. like all of the skills that i have built were just fucking gone because i had no i had no buffer between like my raw soul and the world <laughs> totally <laughs> on three hours of sleep wow yeah. So, so I think that uh, there's like a lot of places we could start with this. Yeah. Um, do you have, do you have a preference? No. I, sorry. I, cause like, I just, I have a lot of, I, I, I think this will have to be a series. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I actually think this is going to be the first conflict one or whatever we yeah. decide to call it. Cause we, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, we don't decide what we're going to call something until, or you don't decide until like, the, the day before yeah so the, whatever this will be called um i think i think a, a nice place to start might be so a couple people asked about how to know when to have a conflict like how do you know when to bring something up versus when to let it go and it brought me back to something we talked about with therapy jeff totally who also submitted my favorite submission that I posted to my story, um, which is how do I win every argument but still stay connected? That's really funny. <laughs> um, he also submitted a couple others, actually good ones. Um, oh, love. He's great. He's so amazing. 
Um, but what we talked about with Jeff, we talked about how do you know when to bring something up? And he suggested that a good barometer for that is when that thing that's bothering you is going to affect how you're acting or how you're behaving towards that person. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, perfect. Like, I, I don't even think we need to like build on that. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, and you know, if it's something that you can just like accept and move forward from great. If it's something that's going to be continuously bothering you and affecting how you're acting towards them, then yeah, say something. I would also, I, okay. I just said we don't need to add anything. I'm going to add something. <laughs> I think you also need to think about not only is it changing your behavior to the other person, is it changing your behavior to yourself? Mm-hmm. Because something like that I've something that I think I've mentioned on the main pod is that towards the end of my relationship with PowerPoint is when I started I kind of I started really, really restricting my eating and I got really thin. Yeah. And it's because I was absolutely miserable at, at the end. And so that like look at that too. You know, are are you still taking care like is your self are you perceiving yourself in the same way still? You know, yeah, because that's or really not. good advice. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so another thing, sort of at the beginning, somebody asked how to navigate your first fight when dating. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, has this happened to you recently? No, because I mean, I haven't dated anybody in a more long-term like I never fought with the rower I'm trying to think yeah. if we ever even had a conflict we didn't I had a big fight with the classmate once yeah I yeah that. it's a good question and it's an interesting question especially because I actually don't consider myself quite like a fighter mm. I, I would consider myself like I would say that partners and I all the time have disagreements no yeah. oh question. yeah but a true fight for me in my relationship history is pretty small and I think to that end where I'm not super connected to my anger. Yeah. Actually, if you want to hear about a time where I honored my anger and then I think handled it quite well, listen to the Patreon. Yes. I was just thinking that actually. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like my ability to do that story I told is thanks to therapy because typically I just mm-hmm. would have like eaten that whole experience yeah. and been, been salty internally forever. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. It was great. So one night, the classmate, I met him. I had been doing stuff all day, um, including us recording. And mm-hmm. he was out having like a late dinner with a friend. He was saying, he said, come meet us. So I did. And just like sheer coincidence, because I knew the restaurant they were at and because I knew the parking was shit, I happened to Uber. And I genuinely question i'm like thank god i fucking ubered yep so he and his friend were like three not three sheets but like they were drunk and <laughs> and so i was like oh god like i'm gonna come like it was not a great vibe coming in as stone cold sober and i think it was our old it was our old recording schedule so it was a or no it was our new recording schedule so it was a sunday night i yep. i did not want to be I didn't have a drink when I got there. I had no interest in that. And um, I then, I I was like, it's fine. Like, I'll drive. Fortunately that I Ubered. And he then 
goes on like this like diatribe about so first of all he's being very difficult about me driving like, like letting he wanted me to drive yes mm. and i was like this is not negotiable this is yeah. not a conversation i am driving right and finally like i convince him whatever and then he i would say i would say the classmate was somebody who was at a certain point would is somebody who, you know, has like, there's like angry drunks, sad drunks, like hookup yeah. drunks, like whatever. Like he would be like a sad drunk. Mm-hmm. And so then we're in the car. I'm driving back to his apartment and he like ends up saying a lot of like things that not like mean things necessarily, but unacceptable things to me where he was saying like, why are you even bothering to drive me? Like you don't care about me. Like clearly stuff that is not about me at all. Nope. And like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that was a great example too. That actually ha- had to go to bed angry because I was like, absolutely nothing productive is happening right now. Mm-mm. So got him home, left him there. And I sent him a text and said, we need to talk tomorrow. Like, I love you and everything is okay. But we need to talk about how you spoke to me tonight. Yeah. And because I needed him to like have, I needed him to remember that. Like I, I don't, he, I don't think he was blackout, but I had to make sure. And so he came over the next day, and I very plainly laid out for him, like this was not acceptable. You, I, I made some guesses as to the patterns that I thought that he was replaying, mm. and I said how I think this played out sounds pretty familiar to me as to what you've mentioned about other relationships in your life. And here are some guesses. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he was like, nope, nope, that all checks out. Da, da, da. And so I said, okay, so you have no evidence that I'm like any of those people. You like, you cannot, like, I was like, you can't enact those on me. This is going to yeah. be the last time that happens. And, he was super receptive, completely heard me. And I think something I, I, I said on the podcast at the time, and I, I still say is that something I actually really appreciate, and this goes to our point, is every time we had any form of a disagreement, whether it was kind of that experience or small things, I always felt like things were like much better after, mm. where I felt like relieved. I felt relaxed after bringing it up. Like I felt like after it was over, like we had gotten somewhere. Whereas with the student, we'd had the same fight over and over again. And afterwards I would be like, how are we hugging again? Like we, (laughs) nothing, absolutely nothing was resolved. Yeah. Like how did we get here? That's what I felt with me and the oyster. And I was trying to think back to what our first fight was because I mean, the oyster was my last serious relationship and I was trying to think back to what was our first fight. And I can't even remember. And it's, it's likely because we had so many subsequent ones that I like, I'm not even remembering when that dynamic began. Yeah. It obviously wasn't immediate though. I wouldn't have been on our second date. We were screaming at each other. Um, so I don't remember when it was, but I remember having that same feeling though of when we were quote unquote made up, Mm -hmm. 
thinking like, are we made up? I'm not made. Is he made up? Like we haven't. Yeah. Nothing has been resolved. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, truly, how the fuck did we get from A to B? Like, it, right. Yeah. And he and he was so used to fighting, making up, fighting, making up, fighting, making up that for him he was like, oh yeah, we fought and now we're okay. I'm like, okay, but we didn't resolve the reason that we fought yep. and the ways that we each handled ourselves during that conflict to make sure that it doesn't happen in that way again. And lo and behold, it happened in that way again, time and time again. Yeah. Because we never actually resolved it and couldn't ultimately. Yeah. And so to actually answer the person's question, God, this is like a ranty episode. Um, (laughs) I think evaluate how you feel after. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you came to ground on what was, what was at issue and how you're moving forward? And then I also think you can be kind of cute about it. Like, I think you'd be like, oh my God, that was our first fight. Like, how do we do? Uh, what, what would you grade I've, us? Like, I have actually, I have actually done that before. Yeah. Not with the oyster, with somebody else. Yeah. I have done that before. Um, I did it with ASV. Oh yeah? Yeah. Because he and I, and he and I actually talked about after our first fight, which I don't remember what it was about now, but it was, bef- it was before we were long distance. So it was actually like very pretty early and I said something joking like that and he and I actually ended up talking through the ways that we wanted to fight interesting and what did you yeah. say? what 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 were those we talked about like coming at the problem as the issue so a lot of a lot of um conflict advice and the Gottmans talk about this too um, the Gottman Institute, by the way, people ask about resources. The Gottman Institute is incredible in general. Yeah. Um, and they talk a lot about thinking about the the thing you're fighting about, the problem. That is the enemy. Ah. You are trying to resolve that thing. You are not fighting each other. You are fighting that thing that you don't agree on. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's like, it seems like a really simple thing but it actually really helps to have a mindset shift like that yeah where you're like oh no you you my partner are not the issue the issue is that we disagree on this thing and so we talked about how that's how we and it didn't always work obviously like we didn't always do it well and i and i i'm now i think better at it because i had that experience with him and i was able to then take that into my work with my current therapist who I wasn't seeing at that time and work on it with her and say, this is what I want to do. How do I get better at it? But that was one thing we talked about. And then we also talked about not belaboring something if both of us were getting flooded, Mm. which at the time was not something I was good at. I've talked a lot about how I dated him right after my dad died and I I, I was flooded by everything all the time. Totally. And I wasn't great at recognizing that. And therefore, like the final fight that I had with him right before he broke up with me, I was trying to push the issue and have mm. and have a conversation when we shouldn't have. Yeah. That I'm not saying that's he should have broken up with me over that, but but that is ultimately what happened. How do you handle the feeling of because this is something I always do after arguments or disagreements, is that feeling of, oh God, I should have said X. Mm. And what do you do if it's actually kind of something important that you actually still think 
needs to be said, but you don't really want to reopen it. Like, what do you do? Oh, man. I, I think it, it depends on what it is. True. Because I think if it is a a way that – something that could be considered constructive towards solving that issue, mm-hmm. then I think it makes sense to say like, hey, I was reflecting on this disagreement that we had and I thought about a way that would help me or help us avoid something like that in the future, like something that like I think would be helpful. Mm-hmm. I think if it is a, I thought of another thing I'm mad about, then like that, I think you need to give some serious thought because like that will open up an additional conflict. And maybe you need to because maybe that thing that you thought about is now something that's going to affect your behavior. Yeah. But those are sort of two different, two different things. Totally. It's actually, it's funny that that's, I totally agree with your advice because, um, I think that's what worked really well for the, how my Patreon story concluded. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Basically, I had had a conflict. I slept on it. And the next day I said, I'm going to be honest. I'm still stuck on what happened yesterday. Can we get on the phone and talk today? Yeah. Totally cleared the air and it was amazing. And so like valid. Great. Great advice because I did it. That proves it. <laughs> It has been it has been proven. It worked. Take that to heart. And then what about so now um sort of this might be a reason why you've thought of something later. There how do you prevent kind of shutting down to these dialogues and get getting kind of either bullied into silence or kind of too afraid to speak up or something like that? I mean bullied into silence, that's that's probably not a really that's something different. In, but. Yeah. Oh, I I also wanted to say up at the top of this episode that there that this this episode and and talking about conflict is not meant to address any sort of abuse or any you know any relationships like that. Um, I think just want to just make that blanket disclaimer up front, like we did when we talked with therapy Jeff about you know those kind of relationships. And if you think that you are in a situation like that, please you know seek out those resources. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that is where, again, the, whether it's sleeping on it or, you know, sometimes sleep is not an appropriate thing at the time if it's like the morning, but walking away from the situation to not be so overwhelmed that you feel like you're going to shut down can be helpful. And what has been helpful for me in this dovetails with another question we got about how to make sure that you're or how to do a better job of expressing what you want to express is write things down. Yeah. Like I have actually, I one time to the oyster, I wrote him and this was at the behest of my therapist. I wrote him a letter that I actually read to him. I didn't give it to him in letter form. I read it out loud, but I wrote it down, wrote down the things that I was feeling and the ways that I wanted to say those things and then I read it to him and I asked him at the top. I, I basically said, please, I'll take questions at the end. <laughs> uh, please hold, hold questions. <laughs> yes. Basically, that's what I said. I basically said, like, I, I really want to get some things across to you and I, I haven't done a good job of it. And I took ownership 
of at the top. I took ownership of the fact that I have done a bad job of getting these things across to you in the past and it, it has led to fights and I, I don't want that to happen here. Spoiler alert anyway. Um, but I've written them down so that I can say them the way that I want to say them and I would love to just be able to get through this on my own and then we can talk about it. Yeah. So then how do you balance just like following up on that and something I think can be difficult is when do you say something in the moment versus waiting a little bit until you can kind of make your edit your response a little bit, you know, what do you do? (laughs) It's so tricky because on the one hand, you don't want things to fester. You don't want to be like on May 2nd of 2019, you did this and I hated it. I actually have a list. I have an inventory. Yeah. I've been keeping track of all the things you've done that have bothered me. Oh my God. One of the, what, sorry, this is an aside, but one of the, one of the fights that the oyster and I got in, I said something that had bothered me that had happened. I don't know. It maybe was the week prior. And he said, he was like, oh, are we keeping things of list th- lists of things that bother us? Because I can start doing that. I can start tracking the things that bother me about you. I'll come oh back to you with a list. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so th- there's that, but then there's also, so like there's the, you know, in the moment feedback in terms of like, ooh, hey, this thing, but it also might not be helpful in that moment. Maybe you're in public, maybe you're with friends, you know, maybe you're feeling a certain way about it in the moment, but you might not later. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a one size fits all answer to that. What do you think? I agree. I think that I always, so I'm going to, I'm going to tie this into a question that I saw from therapy, Jeff, which is fighting in public. Yeah. There's nothing I love more than watching a public fight. I will not fight in public. I will not fight in public. I think that the you should wait as kind of as long as you can so that it's healthy for you and then intersect that with your first opportunity. Yeah. So don't let an opportunity go by because you're trying to make your response so refined or perfectly packaged or something. But don't leap at the opportunity to bring something up if you're out to dinner or with his parents or, you know, whatever. And um, so, yeah, I think that's the, that's the nexus. Yeah. uh, Agreed. And to therapy Jeff's question, fighting in public. No, thank you. Yeah. No, not that I haven't done it. The, I feel like I'm just shitting on the oyster this whole time, but whatever. Um, somebody else asked, like, relationships that taught you taught us each of us the most about conflict, good or bad. And the oysters, my relationship with the oyster, as evidenced by the fact that I've referenced him a million times already, definitely taught me the most in how I don't want to be and the kind of person I don't want to be with. But also taking ownership of the person that I was in reaction to that. Yeah, totally. But he used to say things to me in public that he knew were going to cause a fight and then be mad at me when I was upset about them. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Like there was this one time we were watching, he was visiting me in San Diego, which was a whole thing because he didn't book his flights until like the day before he came. Um, I just didn't, truly didn't know if he was going to come and meet my family. And yeah, 
we were sitting on the beach with a couple friends of mine, like three or four friends, and we were watching the sunset. And I was kind of cuddled up with him. And I said, like, oh, this is so lovely. Like, wouldn't you, like, you know, um, we had been talking that week about the fantasy of us living in San Diego together. And I was like, oh, imagine if this was our life. You know, we could just like be sitting here on the beach every night, cuddled up watching the sunset. And he, there is a guy friend of mine that he was extremely jealous of for absolutely no reason. Um, We will call him Mike for the purpose of this sentence. And he said, well, wouldn't you rather be sitting here with Mike? What an insane thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, I was like... That is ruining... That is an unforced error. That is ruining a moment by choice. That is crazy. Unforced error. I love that. Yes, that is... I love that phrase. That is ruining a moment by choice. He did that all the time. Yeah. you... Why did you say that? We hadn't been talking about Mike. We had, like, nothing related to him. Jesus. Also, just, like, as a side note... Mike's ex-girlfriend is one of my close friends and she was there. <gasps> she was sitting. She didn't hear him say it. He said it like into my ear, but she was there. I'm like, just imagine. I said this to him later. I'm like, if she had heard you say that, I would, have had to then, I would have had to then explain to her that you have this unfounded, wild jealousy about Mike that is not true and Otherwise, she would think that I like have the hots for have had the hots for her ex boyfriend and have like never told her and there's something going on. Yeah. And anyway, so that happened, and I was obviously very upset. I like locked it up until we separated from my friends, and then we were like waiting for an Uber to go home, and like that's like I like could not not do it anymore. Yeah. And so we were we were fighting in the he like kept saying things, and we were fighting in the Uber. And when we got out of the Uber at my mom's house, he apologized to the driver for me. He said, I'm so sorry about her. Oh, no. Yeah. Not okay. You just created the – that was actually like the moment I decided to break up with him. I broke up with him when we got home the next week. Um, You created this whole situation, sir. And then pinned it on me. Yeah. That is so fucked. Yeah. So fighting in public, no. No, thank you. Yeah, seriously. To answer therapy Jeff's question. Um, so we should end soon. Yes. Because the episode's really long. Yeah. Um, so what should we end with? And then we can we can pick up on all the other questions I feel like, later. I feel like we're talking a little bit about sort of like how you ha- – like we're kind of on this topic of like how you handle fighting, like mm-hmm. shut down, flee, like that type of thing. Yeah. And so I want to talk – about one that I saw that I relate to, which is somebody who cries when they have hard conversations. Oh, yes. I loved those questions. I'm, I I will just cry. And it's not exactly because I'm sad. It's just like, it's just a, it's just a response that you have. And it's emotion. Yeah. So I will, I will often just tell the person like, I'm going to cry. I am not sad. We're going to get, it'll pass. We're going to get through it. And we're going to, I'm going to make my point. Yep. Then it, we just do, you know, it, and it's fine. So I think just like sharing that that's the response that you're having and kind of getting that out has been my best strategy. Um, yeah. Like I've even had to, I've, I've even had to do that with like a colleague where 
we, we, I was like in a very hard work situation and I called her for advice and I was like, I'm about to get emotional. Like, here's the deal. <laughs> and then just like, oh. I, I was going to say, I have said that at work and I haven't, and I, I used to apologize for it and I don't do that anymore. I just say like, I just want to let you know. I've said that when I've had to bring up difficult conversations with managers or like other people that I've had work conflicts with. And we got a few questions about work conflicts, which maybe we can get into when we do our second installment of this. But I have said up front, I just want to let you know that when I get overwhelmed or frustrated and have conversations like these, I often cry. So I probably will. Yeah. And I just, I just want to let you know to prepare you. And I've also said that to partners. Um, And I actually, I've already brought it up to the disco ball. I bring it up early. Smart. Like I mentioned that I am a, I, I usually frame it as like, I'm a crier. Like I, I cry easily. I, it's just a, an emotional response of mine. Yeah. And just so that you know. Yeah. No, I love crying. It feels so good. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any issue with it, but I have I been think told I, in. How many times? I think I cried four times on Monday. <laughs> well, my, Monday. Yeah. Monday. Monday was a doozy for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, when I was so overwhelmed and tired and got in that fight with my brother, I just immediately started sobbing. Yep. That was like an extreme example. But I have had partners in the past accuse me of manipulating them through my tears. Disagree, sir. Uh, fully. And yeah. I I know that there are people who do that. I know yes. that there are people right. who, who utilize emotion and tears to manipulate others. Mm-hmm. What frustrated me in those moments is that I didn't feel like my partner trusted that I was not that person. Yeah. Like if you think that I am purposefully manipulating you, you should not be dating me. Precisely. I didn't say that at the time because I didn't have this perspective. (laughs) Yeah. But so anyway, so in just to, you know, directly answer the question of how to navigate a hard conversation when you cry easily like you can't help it and somebody else asked how to stop I, I don't know that I would try to do that yeah I will like, say that's your response I've learned a trick that the same way it, it, it's a reverse psychology trick that just like you giggle harder when you tell yourself you can't laugh in a library or church because you know it would be inappropriate yeah you tell yourself cry cry right now this is very sad <laughs> you should be crying <laughs> and I will literally tell, like, talk to myself that way. And it, you can't, that does help me get it under control. And also keep breathing. That yeah. really helps. I find that I will, it really calms, it'll, it'll just calm you also to breathe. Like breathing is good advice, period. But yeah. I'll notice that like my breath will get really shallow and mm. when I cry. And so if I just keep breathing, I, I tend to have better even just a little bit better control of like my language ability through te- even if I am going to keep crying. Yeah, I saw this on TikTok and so I've not tried it myself, but it was um it was recommendations for not crying during work conflicts like on Zoom, so it was like things that you could do that the camera won't see, and one of them was to hold ice. Oh, that's a classic DBT trick. Yeah, so I I've, I've never tried that myself. Um, but maybe go for it. Um, but I, I also have found that this is similar to how, um, telling somebody that I am prone to anxiety soothes my anxiety. I 
when I have told my partner or the person that I am about to talk to that I might cry and gotten their like acceptance and understanding on that, it doesn't happen as much. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a, a part two and maybe even a part three. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and if you have further questions or follow-up questions, we have a podcast form findingmrhyde.com slash podcast. Um, just like type in there, the word, use the word conflict and we'll use that to search. Um, if you have more questions and we can add them to the list we already have. Great. All right. I am too sleepy. So too sleepy. But that has to be part of our merch too, by the way. We need sleep masks that say too sleepy. I agree. I agree. Did I tell you that I told the disco ball about that? No. Yeah. I've told him about a lot of our inside jokes. I also told him about lots of dogs here because he, oh, he wanted to know, like, he wanted examples of other nicknames. Okay. Like, he was like, what are some of the other nicknames that, like, he was like, you don't have to tell me, like, nicknames of guys you're dating, but, like, maybe, like, who's Rourke dating? Like, what's, yeah. what's the guy she's dating's nicknames? Like, yeah, I'm not going to start telling you, but come back, kid. Yeah. Um, And so I told him about lots of dogs here and I told him the, like, story for it. And this actually, sorry, then I'll let you be sleepy. But, okay. um. So then we we were so I told him that and so then later is when we were he asked me the question about like what um what nickname I would give him or whatever and he, uh, we were it was morning we had just woken up there are, the birds outside of his apartment window are so loud they actually wake me up holy shit and yeah they've woken me up all the times the three times now that I've woken up there and I, he was like, would you call me lots of birds here? That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. He's really funny. Oh, I love um, So anyway, so I told him about the too sleepy and he was using it like the whole night that we were out. Like he'd be like, we can go dancing or are you too sleepy? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not too sleepy. We're going dancing. He's like, great. No one's sleepy. Um, but you are sleepy. So go be sleepy. Thank you. I'm going to pass out. Yes, we will talk soon. Well, enjoy. Have fun on your list. Bye.